coming up. What they can't get out of their mind is the brutality as she dragged him back down the hallway and put a bullet in his head. Do you think the time will come when you can forgive yourself for what you did? I think I may get there. I believe in forgiveness and I believe in mercy and I believe in second chances. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Nearly seven years after brutally murdering her ex-boyfriend, Jody Arias has been sentenced. The convicted killer will spend the rest of her life in prison for murdering Travis Alexander. Judge Sherry Stevens' decision has been a long time coming. Two juries deadlocked on whether to give Arias the death penalty or life in prison. We will never again be able to look at family photos of Travis and not think of his butchered, nearly decapitated body left to rot. I've done my best to block my brother from my life. I don't want to remember him anymore. Because <laughs> it hurts too much to remember him alive. Five days, he was there, decomposing in the shower. I'm sure his soul was screaming for someone to find him. But I am very sorry for the enormous pain that I've caused the people that love Travis. I never thought I would cause so many people so much pain. It was more than a decade ago on this day in 2008 that Travis Alexander was murdered by his ex-girlfriend Jody Arias. It's a case that many of you will remember well. But on this anniversary of Alexander's death, we wanted to talk to someone who covered the case from beginning to end and in fact sat down one-on-one with Jody Arias behind bars. I'm joined by Mark Curtis. He's been a news anchor at KPNX in Phoenix, Arizona since 2004. He's been at the station even longer since 1995. Mark, thanks for being here. Tell us about what happened back in June 2008. June 4th, uh, 2008, uh, Jody Arias, and now that she's convicted, I'm going to uh, talk about her as if we know that she did it. Um, She changed her story several times along the way, but ultimately she was convicted and later admitted to killing him, although she admits to killing him um, out of uh, defensive struggle that she had with someone who she accused of being abusive, both physically and mentally. Um, But Jody Arias uh, had been dating Travis Alexander off and on for a couple of years. And um, at some point, uh, she started calling him in in the days before June 4th. He didn't answer. Uh, When he finally called her back at 2 or 3 in the morning... Uh, and they only know this because of uh, phone calls that were checked against uh, cell phone records. Um, one call was for 18 minutes at, you know, two or three in the morning. One call was for 14 minutes. These were all calls coming from him to her. He did not answer her calls. And at some point, um, what they suspect is that she became enraged and started driving to Mesa, Arizona uh, to confront him. Um, what they believe happened was uh, she came into the house, um, confronted him, they talked, might have made up because there were pictures found on a digital, a digital phone that were, was thr- digital, I'm sorry, a digital camera that was thrown into his washing machine. And some of the images uh, show her posing provocatively, some show him naked in the shower, 
And then there are the next set of pictures are of him bleeding uh, and ultimately dying on the floor of the bathroom, uh, having been stabbed 28 times. And at some point, they believe after doing the autopsy was shot in the head after all of those stab wounds. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned 28 stab wounds. Travis Alexander was brutally murdered. 28 stab wounds, a gunshot to the head. They also think that he was stomped on repeatedly. And and what prosecutors and investigators believe is that that this she was enraged at this point. Uh, I mean, you know, to stab someone 28 times, uh, to cut their trachea, to cut their carotid artery, to cut their jugular vein, and then to shoot them in the head and then stomp them, something had snapped. So, Mark, who actually discovered Travis Alexander's body, and when did police hone in on Jody R.S.? What happened was on June 9th, um, Travis Alexander, the victim's friends who hadn't heard from him, uh, started to worry. And and by the way, they had had, uh, and they told police this subsequently, they had had major concerns about Jody Arias. They just didn't think she was right. There was something that didn't feel right to them. And they testified that to that effect. So when they went to his house to check on him, a welfare check in essence, on June the 9th, they found his mutilated body in the shower and called police. And then police came in. That's where they found the digital camera in the washing machine and so on and so forth. And then police were able to locate and bring Jody Arias into custody, right? She was extradited back to Arizona. She was not found here. She was found back in California, and they extradited her back here. Um, initially, although um, she had gone to Utah after she left here, and uh, a friend of hers who she had uh, spent the night with, not in a sexual manner, but they did uh, have some making out on the couch, the guy said, uh, and he noticed that there were defensive or, or knife wounds on her hands. She came up with an excuse as to why there were knife wounds on her hands. She had also dyed her hair. Um, and uh, she started changing her story at first pleading not guilty, saying that burglars had broken in and killed Travis Alexander, to then saying that she was defending herself and Alexander had actually attacked her and had become physically and emotionally abusive. And, and all of this, as you can imagine, just became this salacious uh, sexual murder case, a case of betrayal. Uh, it had all of the ingredients for a case that would make national and international headlines. And in fact, uh, after she was arrested and charged and eventually went to trial, this became the trial of the century across the country and internationally, so much so that, that CNN actually brought an entire crew here, and they originated a show from the courthouse every night. And this show became so popular, it became the highest rated show on cable during that trial. Right. I mean, you think about the OJ trial, then you think about this one in terms of public fascination. And and imagine for a second if social media had been around during the OJ case, how much more salacious and weirdly crazy the OJ case could have been because it had many of the same features. It had it had sex, it had betrayal, it had a lot of blood, it had stabbing, it had all of the ingredients that, that people love in a good trial. And, and that's what this became. And uh, this probably was the, the second coming of the OJ trial. The trial ended in May 2013, right? Almost five years after 
Travis Alexander was killed. So she murdered him on in 2008. In May of 2013, she was found guilty of first-degree murder. And Mark, what was it like being there and covering this trial? Uh, I was camped. <laughs> now, if you let me let me just preface this by saying, if you know Phoenix, starting in May, it's hot. It's really hot. And by June, it's boiling hot. And there's no cloud cover. There are no days where you talk about rain. It's just relentless sun. And all of us uh, in the local media and the national media are camped outside of the courtroom. Uh, there, were, there were no cameras allowed inside. And we're waiting each day for a word on what happened. You know, the jurors were taken out the back door. We never got to see any of those people. They were sequestered, not allowed to talk to anyone. Um, and, and I was there for the whole thing and then was actually able to do a jailhouse interview with Jody Arias. Yeah. So let's talk about that. How did that interview come about? Everyone must've been asking for an interview. Well, we requested it. Uh, she had been found guilty of murder and in between her, uh, guilty, verdict and the sentencing phase, uh, we had requested a jailhouse interview and it was granted along with uh, two other stations. Uh, and we came in and, and it was really interesting because I had ne- I've done several jailhouse interviews, um, including one with a murderer who had been convicted, but I had never had a uh, convicted murderer ask me to bring makeup hairspray, and a hairbrush as a condition of doing the interview. But she wanted to look good for this interview, which I still to this day find very interesting. Regardless of what happens with the jury, you're going to have to deal with the fact for the rest of your days, however long that is, that you killed someone. How hard is that going to be and how hard is it for you to deal with that? It's very, it makes me feel very ugly inside. And I know that that was just one day, but I feel like even though it shouldn't, it's going to define the rest of my life and maybe beyond. So it's, it's very difficult. It's, it's something that I haven't processed or I haven't really dealt with or it's something that's difficult to face even still. So it's something I'm going to be trying to process probably till my last day. Do you think the time will come when you can forgive yourself for what you did? I think I may get there. Mark, what was it like sitting across from Jody Arias? She had been behind bars for quite a while by that point. And um, uh, I I will tell you that um, looking into her eyes, first of all, they were very dark eyes. They were dark brown, but they appeared to me to be black. And she wore glasses. and, And when she looks at you, uh, behind those glasses, which magnify her eyes, you realize, at least I did, that you are looking into the eyes of a stone-cold killer. Um, I could see where she could be if she wanted to be seductive. Um, I asked her point blank if if she considered herself a sex kitten, and she could sort of laugh that off. But as the trial went on, some of these pictures of her and these little cheesecake pictures that she would take and send to Travis or Travis would take of her came out. And they had a kinky relationship, uh, for lack of a better term. And she was still not denying that it happened, right? But claiming some form of self-defense. Yeah. She never, ever, at least to me, uh, came out and said, I was jealous. 
I was in a rage because he didn't call me back. I thought he had started dating someone else. I thought he had dumped me. And so I snapped and drove to Arizona and killed him. Never. It was always that he had become this physically and mentally abusive person. She dropped the camera accidentally. He went into a rage and attacked her, and she defended herself. Yeah, I mean, you asked some really interesting questions during that interview, including a few about going to heaven or hell. Yes, and, um, you, you know, I well, first of all, I asked her if she believes in God, and I, I don't remember whether or not she actually ever answered that question. Um, but but I, I honestly felt that she was toying with me during this whole interview, that, that she was the one, even though I thought I was in control and asking all the questions, that she was the one in control and that she could turn this interview on a dime at any time. And she was only sort of patronizing me by answering my questions. Yeah, you know, she has this self-assured nature, not the attitude you might expect from someone whose life is hanging in the balance. No, I don't think she was ever worried about getting the death penalty, and in, in the end, she didn't. Um, but she had told uh, another TV crew that had inter interviewed her that she would never uh, be given the death penalty, and she was right. You've talked about spirituality a lot, um, and you've said you've prayed for the jury. Are you a religious person? I'm not deeply religious at this point. I still consider myself spiritual. Do you believe in heaven and hell? Yes. And if you do believe in heaven and hell, where do you think you're going? And, and can you deal with, if you think you're going to hell, can you deal with that? Or do you not think you would be going there? I don't know if I believe in hell in the traditional sense that a lot of people do. Um, I do believe that, I believe in forgiveness and I believe in mercy and I believe in second chances. Um, I do believe that going to heaven or the opposite of what hell would be is something that needs to be earned. Um, Can you then, in your final days on this earth, earn that, do you think? Do you believe in, in redemption? Well, when I say earned, I should probably clarify. I think that grace comes in and... Um, it's, there's no way that I could possibly make up entirely for what I've done. So I can, all I can do is do what I can. And the idea is that grace fulfills the rest, makes up for the rest. Do you think when we're talking about forgiveness that Travis's family will ever forgive you? Um, it's hard to imagine that they would. I hope that they're able to someday. Um, I don't know what their religious beliefs are, but I know that Christian-based faiths and the Mormon faith, which Travis was Mormon, I'm baptized Mormon, they, um, it's required that we forgive in order to be forgiven. So I also read once um, a church authority had said that Sometimes when you're so angry, you're not able to forgive, that it's enough to ask for the grace to be able to one day forgive, even if you can't get there. I don't even know if they're at that point. I've, I wouldn't expect them to be. Mark, where's Jody Arias now? She is in the uh, women's uh, state prison 
in Florence, Arizona, there for life. Um, I have not seen any pictures of her or heard about, um, although there was one incident early on in her prison stay where uh, we did get word from the prison that she had been written up for some sort of an altercation that she had been involved in. But uh, she, as, as prisoners go, especially one as capable of violence as Jody Arias was, she has been a very, very quiet prisoner. She's gone into the system, and I doubt we'll ever hear from her again. Um, Travis Alexander is buried in his hometown in California. Um, this this case ruined the career of the prosecutor, Juan Martinez, who was eventually disbarred uh, for allegedly having a relationship with uh, one or two of the bloggers. He became a social media star in his own right, um, was just sort of a, a rock star persona. People wanted to take pictures with him as he would leave court every day. Um, there was a lot of uh, name calling. Uh, one of the psychotherapists that testified during the trial said that she thought that Jody Arias was a victim of domestic abuse and it was perfectly understandable why she did what she did and she should not be convicted. Another said that Jody Arias was a, a manipulative, stone-cold killer and deserved whatever happened to her. Mark, you've covered news a long time and certainly a lot of crazy cases over the years. You must get asked about this one a fair amount. You know, it used to be, and, and no offense to anyone in Texas or Florida, but there used to be, you know, if something weird happened in the country, people would automatically say, oh, did it happen in Texas or in Florida? But now I think you can add Arizona to that list. I'm, I'm currently working on a story on the summer of 2006 here in Arizona. And in the summer of 2006, we had not one, but two different serial killers roaming the streets. We had the baseline killer, Mark Godot, who was eventually uh, convicted, and he was not only killing people, he was raping women. Uh, that went on for a while. And concurrent with that, we had what they called the serial shooters who were riding around in tandem in a car and shotgunning people. So uh, I no longer think that, that Florida and Texas have the monopoly on, on weirdness. I think Arizona has joined that list. And um, yeah, people still talk about Jody Arias just because it was so salacious and, and sexy and it had all of the ingredients uh, and to this day remains one of the biggest trials, uh, I think, in terms of of, of viewer interest the country has seen uh, along with OJ. All right, Mark Curtis, thanks so much for joining us and telling us about covering the Jody Arias case and your interview with her a few years back. Great, great chatting with you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday, with new episodes. Be sure to let your friends and family know about The Daily Crime. We'll see you next time. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.